Welcome to Understanding the Law Radio, your business success and legal information station. And now, your host, Peter Lamont. Hi, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. I'm your host, Peter Lamont, and today we've got a great show. We have an interview with Nico Graff, who is the CEO of a digital marketing company called Digital Gelato. And he talks to us about starting a business during this pandemic and how businesses, especially small businesses, have to change their marketing strategy in order to deal with what's happened during this pandemic. And and what's happened is, you know, anything from a loss of revenue or uh, just not getting their bang for their buck that they they used to from other sources such as pay-per-click ads. And, and Nico has this really unique approach um, and this new, very innovative marketing strategy that um, seems to be working wonders for his clients. We're going to talk about that. But before we get into the interview, I just want to talk about um, some very interesting facts with regard to starting a business during the pandemic. And I've seen a number of articles out there and uh, they basically all focus on how now is the time to be stashing money in your mattress. Don't go outside. Don't think about starting a business. Just you know, count your blessings that you have a job and, and, and put your ambition aside until this whole thing is over. And that seems to be you know, a very, very popular philosophy. You know, no risk, save your money, definitely not the time to start a business. But there's another school of thought. And in a recent New York Times article, uh, it's called, Is a Pandemic the Right Time to Start a Business? The author talks about how this might just be the best time to start a new business. And in fact, last week, in Michigan, 4,000 new businesses were started in one week. And over the course of this pandemic, there have been over 500,000 applications for employee, employer identification numbers. Obviously, you know, as a result of people starting LLCs and other companies. So that's a huge number, 500,000 applications. Now, whether or not that number is um, what it would have been had there not been a pandemic. I can tell you that that you know based on my research, these numbers are close to what we normally see in a given year as far as starting a new business, and some might actually exceed where we are in a normal year. So what what that's telling me is that people aren't as afraid to start a new business as you might think. Now, is it, you know, businesses being started out of necessity? Maybe. You know, I know firsthand uh, from a lot of people that they lost their jobs and they didn't know what they were going to do and they felt like this was the best time to put their dreams into motion. You know, something that they had always wanted to do uh, a particular business idea or venture, now's the time to do it. So the pandemic may have forced people to do it, either forced people in the sense that they've lost their job and now's the best time, or forced them into taking action. Because 
I don't think any of us, I mean, there might be some people out there, but I don't think any of us really saw this coming. I mean, I watched Contagion, and I think I read the book years ago. And, you know, when this thing happened, it was surreal. It was like watching a movie. So I think that being um, adaptable and fluid, I think, is is really an important uh, factor in dealing with this pandemic. And I think that we see that quality in a lot of these people who have started businesses, the 500 plus thousand people who have applied for new business uh, tax identification numbers says to me that people are pushing forward, whether they were forced to, whether they felt that it was just the, the time to do it, whether the pandemic, you know, was a wake up sign, you know, we've never seen this happen. And now you don't know what, what's going to happen tomorrow. So the best time to do something is now. It's not a terrible philosophy, by the way. But anyway, um, again, these, these reports that I'm looking at and the numbers that I'm looking at are showing that people are not afraid to move forward. And in this New York Times article, you know, one of the factors that they're looking at as to why the numbers might be so high is low interest rates. And that the SBA is providing more and more loans to people. So startups have, you know, let's call it an easier time getting funding because of both the SBA willing to lend and the low interest rates. Um, you know, I, I don't know how I feel about that because I know plenty of businesses who were unable to get SBA loans and still were able to start their companies. I mean, I don't think it's as common as you think. I mean, look, I've, I've worked with clients who have obtained ridiculously large SBA loans only to, you know, within a year go out of business. But um, I think the vast majority of LLCs and small businesses, I think they struggle to get funding. So I, I don't know that that's the reason why people are starting businesses despite the pandemic. Um, another argument that the New York Times article makes is that people have seen a different need in consumers, which I think does have some merit to it. You know, in other words, we're seeing that things have to change because the way that we as consumers or, or clients looking for services um, we've, we've changed because of COVID. COVID has forced us to think or rethink where we buy our goods, where we get our services from. You know, just think about the fact that it's no longer so easy to simply, you know, jump in a car, drive to a store, run in, run out. We're still seeing lines. You can't forget your mask. And so as consumers, obviously, this, this, this pandemic has changed the way that we, we purchase things. And what you'll hear in a little bit when we interview Nico is that this, um, this, this new approach to us being consumers is forcing small businesses 
to change the way that they reach out to us, the way that they market to us, and the way that they get our attention. So I think that um, you know, on that point in the article, I think that the New York Times is on to something because I do think that addressing a need, um, the way that, that the pandemic has forced us to, to adapt as consumers, I, I think is that, that, that holds water for me. Um, and there's also a, a very good um, article that I saw um, written about this Vietnamese um, restaurant owner. And, and she's in Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce her name because I will butcher it and um, she'll never forgive me. But she did say that in assessing whether or not you should start a business now, you need to, A, have identified a new need that a customer may have as a result of the pandemic, B, that you can service this need in a substantially better way than what we're doing currently, you got to ask yourself, C, are you qualified to solve the customer's problems? D, if you don't have the experience, can you find someone to help you? And then finally, do you have enough funding to carry you over until the business is profitable? And again, this ties into what I was just speaking about, this, this need or um, it, it really is a need, quite frankly, to adapt. You just can't sit still and think that this pandemic has not changed the way that we shop as consumers, that we shop as um, you know, you know, people looking for service professionals, whether it's lawyers, accountants, even doctors. Uh, it, it's changed drastically. And if you want to succeed as a small business owner, mid-sized business over uh, business owner, even large companies, you need to change the way that you, deal with your marketing efforts. So, I mean, marketing is a huge, huge component and factor in the success of a business, especially small businesses who don't have that that nationwide pull. I mean, everybody knows Target. Everybody knows the bullseye. And when you see a Target commercial, you know, I'll be honest with you, they don't have to put much effort into it because we're going to go to Target anyway and likely buy way more than we need and way more than we went in there for. It's just a thing, right? But as a small business, it's different. You don't have that nationwide pull. You need to bring people in to your business and you're not gonna be able to get the same results from a marketing campaign that Target might get. You've gotta do something different. You've got to think outside the box and you've got to understand what this pandemic has done to your business and to your clients. So from my perspective, I think it's extremely important that number one, you are not afraid to start a business right now or to continue with your business despite the fact that we're in a pandemic. That's number one. Number two is you really need to think hard about what your clients need. What is your customer thinking? What is your customer looking for at this point? You know, I think that, that during the height of the pandemic, 
a lot of small businesses really stepped up. They saw this need for curbside delivery or, um, you know, now to expand into an online shopping platform where maybe they had only been a brick and mortar before. So I saw a lot of great things, a lot of innovative um, uses of technology and a lot of companies that you would think would never be able to adapt to curbside or digital. And they did. And it was great. And those companies are still around. I also saw a lot of companies that refused to adapt. And unfortunately, a lot of those those places are out. They're out of business. So being flexible, being adaptable, critical, but even more so is understanding what your customers need. What do they need? What do they want? And how can you deliver that to them? There are still people that, you know, don't want to go out if they don't have to. They certainly don't want to go into a mall. They don't want to go to a restaurant even though, you know, maybe you you now can in your state. There's a lot of people who are afraid and a lot of people who have changed the way that they're doing their everyday things. You know, maybe it's uh, they're not going to go grocery shopping anymore. They're going to want it all delivered. So how can your company... Whatever it is that you do, deliver a better solution to fulfill your clients' needs during this pandemic. And, you know, I I think that a lot of us have seen the writing on the wall. This isn't going to go away as soon as we get, uh, you know, a new new vaccine or even even after the election. I mean, it it seems like this this COVID situation is going to be with us for quite some time. And sure, at some point, it's going to be nothing more than, you know, the the seasonal flu. But for right now, uh, it, it certainly has impacted us. And I think that if you're a small business, you need to adapt, you need to change. And that includes changing your marketing efforts. You know, uh, maybe Google Ads works for you. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe you're spending way too much money taking a stab in the dark and maybe you'd be better off putting your efforts into a different platform or doing things a different way. And so I want to introduce Nico and um, you know play the interview for you. But before I do, I just want to say that you know the idea here is that we've got to change. We've all got to change. We've got to change the way that we do what it is that we do on a regular basis. And if you do, I think you're going to see significant improvements in your business. And and your marketing efforts are, are something that you really need to focus on during this time in particular. You know, a lot of times we're so set in our ways and so stuck with, well, I've been doing this for the last five, 10 years. I'm not going to change now. But you have to. I mean, think about it. 15, 20 years ago, every business had a yellow page ad, right? But how about now? I mean, are you still spending money in the yellow pages? Are you really getting a full return on your investment? I don't even know if they still have yellow pages. So the idea here is that you've got to adapt. So I want to introduce Nico and I want to get this uh, this interview on so that you can hear what he has to say. 
Um, I want to preface it by saying he has created a very unique marketing strategy. He has taken the idea of a documentary or a reality show, if you will, and is creating that type of video for his small business clients. And the end result is that customers are getting to know his clients on a different basis, a different level. They're getting to experience something on a more personal level. So without further ado, let me introduce Nico, and then I'll jump on with some comments after the interview. All right, we're very fortunate today to be joined by Nico Graff. He is the uh, owner and CEO of a company called Digital Gelato, and he's going to talk to us today about his business and how his business has adapted to uh, what's happened in the world with COVID and how he is helping other businesses adapt as well. Nico, thank you for joining me and welcome to the show. Thank you, Peter, for having me in the show. Absolutely. Now, uh, you know, I, see like in, uh, yes. So you're the owner of a marketing company, digital marketing company, and it's called Digital Gelato, right? Yes, we we're focusing uh, audio and and audiovisual uh, marketing, which is something that came out during during COVID. Gotcha. Um, it's a great name for the company, by the way. How did you come up with it? Well, I'm Italian, so <laughs> everybody loves gelato. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, tell so, us a little bit about so yourself. That wasn't that wasn't that difficult for me to name it the company. <laughs> All right. I'm. I'm. Uh, well, I. I. I started uh, in in visual communication 25 years ago. Um, I've been studying in um, in Rome for five years, and then I have decided to to move forward. Uh, first of all, in Czech Republic, where I was uh, working with that uh, uh, American agency called McCann Erickson. I was a senior art director there. Then after that, um, I've been working also with uh, MSC Saatchi, which is the agency of Morris and Charles Saatchi. Uh, I joined the publicist group for like seven years or so. Then I, I, I've been working in the Caribbean for uh, DDB and, uh, and BBDO, okay. two different uh, advertising agencies. So basically all my life, uh, I've been I've been joining big uh, corporate uh, advertising uh, advertising agencies, um, learning not only the, the the visual communication experts but also the best strategies for starting up and positioning uh, different different product. Uh, been working with uh, uh, many accounts, uh, uh, Pepsi. Uh, I, I was joining also the Nescafe uh, branding group uh, in, uh, in McKen Erickson and uh, Pizza Hut. And I mean, we're, we're talking like a big accounts. And right. my last accounts was uh, uh, that I joined this, this last account was Walmart uh, three years ago with a company called uh, Vimby. It's a company, uh, the owner of the company is Mark Bournet, which is one of the top. Uh, uh, um, TV producers and David Goffin, which uh, 
it's famous for American Idol, is executive producer of the show. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So how did you come about creating your own company? See, when, when COVID came, I, I was successfully working <laughs> until when, until when this, this, this COVID stopped my, my working rhythm. I had like, uh, was in eight new business that I was ready to, um, to shoot between uh, reality shows and documentaries. Um, so my main concern was how can I keep my, my clients floating? Um, decreasing the the cost right. of their expenses and that's basically how digital gelato came i mean we have to understand that working from home it means working digitally and everybody if 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 we have like uh 70 percent of the company yesterday operating online today we have 100 percent of the company operating right. online because that there's only that the only way to go and and see peter when you work digitally there are like so many experts beside behind the be, behind the scenes that we don't see um we have like uh the, the 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 visits that you have on your website we have the analytics that tells you like how many people will stay there for how how long they stay there how many pages that they've seen uh and finally the the, the behavior on the consumer you know we, we try to engage people and uh, everybody all the marketing agents are telling you uh, you have uh, uh, a fraction of seconds to engage your your target audience are you gonna do it or um do you know that your website is uh, is not visible online it means that you're not gonna reach your clients and and then slowly that we step into this world we understand and we realize that whatever is uh cheap then start becoming less affordable and then the time that you already spent seven hundred dollars for a pay-per-click on, yeah. on Google, you realize this totally that you know. Uh, raise your hands. How many? How many people have some uh, uh, disappointments on with Google or those type of uh, digital uh, marketing? Right. Uh, it's it's more than heavy presence. It's so, more than just being there and, and, and wishing that people click on, on your service or product. So how have you been able to assist your clients who, I, I mean, let's face it, everybody in the world has been affected in one way or another by COVID and especially the small businesses. A lot of them have gone out and others are struggling to stay afloat. So what have you done with your mm -hmm. company to assist these small businesses and and how has marketing been changed by covid okay uh, what i've done was was uh very easy i had to reinvent myself 360 degrees it means that while everybody were doing digital marketing i came out with some services that nobody has at least for small companies um we call the services reality projects and our reality projects are divided into 
different segments. There is a documentary and there is a reality show. Basically, there are some companies, some firms that are establishing the market uh, and they've been working through generations. So those companies are uh, more documentary friendly, so I have to say. So what we do is we create uh, a documentary that uh, basically talks about the, the client uh, and tells the story who they are. Some other companies like jewelry or company that have multiple products, then we, we have decided to resize this, uh, this um, footage and, and with a uh, two minutes edited uh, a reality show. We call it a reality show, but it's not, it's, it's more than that. The reason why it's more is because it transmits a specific brand, brand experience. And, and we've been so far very successful with, uh, with this service because it has been an interruption of what is a standard uh, digital uh, marketing strategy. Our, uh, 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 our slogan is uh, entertain your clients for elevated success. And that's basically what we found out. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's easier to entertain your client and having your clients in front of the TV than pretending to conquer the world uh, with, uh, with a couple of uh, digital marketing strategies. I mean, we, I, Digital Gelato is a small company. I, I, I really want to stay small. I don't want to go big. And the reason why I don't want to go big is because I'm not into the, let's call it like a war mood where you start attacking all your competitors. I mean, I'd rather helping the small companies than, than doing a, a competition to, to my colleagues in this right. case. I've been criticized. I've been criticized for those reality shows because they are or documentaries because they are extremely, extremely affordable. Uh, the reason why I'd be criticized is because uh, my colleagues were telling me you cannot be cheaper than others. It's not that I'm cheaper, I'm faster, uh, which, is, which, is, which is different when you consider also that the production value that, that we bring in, in, inside, inside a small company is, is huge, it's among us. Um, just imagine that we for just four days shooting, we we do much more than delivering a footage. Uh, we create a sets of uh, pictures, uh, videos, uh, advertising that uh, that nobody that nobody can can do it in in four days. I mean, it's uh, obviously it's not possible. You need you need month, and just because I I have my brain trained for uh, uh, pulling out advertising campaign in one day, because that's what sometimes we have to do with those big agencies, I'm capable of delivering uh, high quality products. The other reason why we're affordable is because being a, a small company require only one person. This person is what we call one man show, and it would be 
uh, me basically right. um i have working also with uh, uh different aspects of production including motion graphics so the package that we offered there are also uh, motion graphics included and well you, if you go to digital-gelato.com you can definitely see a couple of uh, of samples of work that we have there and and do you think and, do you think that um covid and companies um reduce capacity to spend money on things like google ads which you know i, I agree with you they're hit or miss and you, know, you spend a lot of money but do you think that covid has forced companies to think outside the box and to hire people like yourself to create something unique it's some people some people uh uh covid brought some people out of the box um people that had to reinvent themselves but covid also uh, caused a lot of problems of of small companies that for example had this is just an example a shoe a shoe store in a shoe store a local shoe store that 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 had a point of sale and people were passing by and just uh, being used to see the shoes on the display outside and then decide if they want to get the shoes or or tr just try them or purchase them as the, the whole behavior has changed because now okay now we are we have the mask mask are required and things like that but of course that stores like that that have all been on the street on a point of sales once they are the word digitally it's gonna be like it's gonna it's gonna get us some vertigos i mean if i would have been an owner of a, a store like this because if i never ever sold online how can i pretend not only to start selling online by having the positioning that I deserve, and that's and and the biggest mistake when when we do when we go online is looking at other companies, and see and see like how other companies are operating and try to to get the other companies uh, a model. Uh, the reason why it's a mistake is because maybe your company needs something different. Maybe maybe you, you maybe you don't need you don't need to go online. And go nationwide, or just uh, selling in old Michigan. Maybe, maybe you wanna position your product in your neighborhood first. Right. Well, with a good targeting, you can. But most of the companies, they they have lost this this compass online because again, it's it's um, it has been a, a changing, a continuous changing of. Uh, of the consumers also. Let me ask you this. You know, a lot of um, a lot of people, especially small business owners, they fail to see the benefit in letting their customers and clients get to know them uh, on a more personal level. And it seems to me like what you would be doing with one of your documentaries or uh, other sort of uh, films is allowing their clients and customers to see them in a different light to get to know them is that accurate is it actually actually no one better than you knows your client and 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 there's not agencies that can speak 
out there for you? I mean, each, especially small agencies, they, the reason why they exist is because the owner of the agency has a specific passion. It's about passion. It's not about, it's not about ego. It's not about being competitive. It's about passion. It's about bringing out there to the world a piece of you, materializing uh, your skills. Um, for example, uh, let's say, let's say, like, let's take the, the sample of the shoe store, okay? It's, it's having a shoe store, it, just like having a, a, another company that realizes uh, uh, products, is there's like, behind that, there's like a huge storytelling from the design, the production, the manufacturing, the import. I mean, there is so much to say that your potential clients, when they know what's behind the curtains, they basically fell in love with you. It's, it's just like, let's take like, this is like a, 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 another sample, but it's, it's already of a reality show that is, is, is positioned, okay? Uh, it's called a pawn shop. Before pawn shops, everybody was seeing the pawn stores, the pawn shops differently. Yeah. yeah. They didn't care what they had inside. They didn't care what they were selling, to who they were selling. It was just a second-hand store. Mm -hmm. But after Pawn Shop, we have realized that each product has a specific story, has a specific uh, evaluation scale. And people today go on pawn, on pawn stores, on those pawn shops, to see if they can get something antique, if they can buy something that they can resell, something that maybe has, has a specific value. So right. definitely the storytelling changes the way how, in this case, your potential client sees your products. It's not about a pair of shoes, it's about passion. It's about the design process. It's about the color. It's about, it's about depending who wears those shoes, it's about being a woman. It's about being a man. I mean, there's so much to say about it. Right. Uh, let me ask you, if you were asked to give one piece of advice to a small business looking to um, you know, repurpose, rebrand, and, and reinvent themselves, what would you tell them? Let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's about it's the the rebranding evaluation. It's about like evaluation. It's a path, okay? Uh, through evaluation, competitors. Every time, every time that I uh, create a, a a new brand or a, a rebranding or a startup, I need I need to understand who the competitors are. Because what we do, it's better than what you can see in the market right now. So there's always, there are always some steps. Uh, other, other things, other things they can, they can get planned 
based on a strategy. But of course, it's not something that we do in five minutes. It right. takes at least one week before understanding where to go and how to do things. Got it. And if people wanted to hire you, you, you work uh, throughout the world, throughout the country? Yeah, I have. I, right now I'm working in, with the clients which are in, in Spain, for example. Uh, what we're doing is like rebranding uh, um, a company that operates on catering. And right now they're, uh, they got a really uh, excellent positioning with, with our brand. And right now they are filming uh, a TV series called Money Haste which is uh, in Madrid. Uh, they called me the other day and, and they were very happy because they're, they're having like a very successful business. So there are some things that you can do online, just like the rebrand and those type of uh, studies that, 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 that matters basically uh, the strategy around it around a specific uh, uh, naming or specific brand or products. But uh, Digital Gelato operates nationwide uh, in terms of, of, of projects. We're based in Traverse City, Michigan, but we constantly uh, go uh, nationwide in different states. Uh, uh, we have uh, coming up a reality show in Florida and then another one in in California, uh, in Los Angeles, so where we are exactly where we have to be, and that would be where the client is. Got it. All right, and give us your website one more time. Yes, it's digital dash gelato g e l a t o gelato dot com. So digital dash gelato dot com. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, Nico, I want to thank you so much for taking some time out today to talk to us and, and to explain, uh, you know, explain what you're doing and uh, to tell us a little bit about how COVID has affected you. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll put a link down to your website in the description. And if anybody out there wants to explore more with Nico and Digital Gelato, I would encourage you to reach out to him. Nico, thanks again. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Have a great one. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. It was a great interview with Nico. I certainly am very thankful that he took the time to be on the show uh, today and to share what he's doing and uh, what he's learned during this pandemic. And, you know, thinking about some of the things that he said, I think it's so important that we understand how having a personality, being open with your customers and your clients can have such a, a positive impact on your business. I mean, when you think about it, we are buying from small businesses pretty much based on our impressions of the business owners, how we feel about that business or that business owner. We are very emotional creatures, unfortunately, and we don't always think with our head. We act a lot with our emotion. And a lot of what we do, where we eat, what restaurants we go to, what stores we buy from, there's an emotional component to it. There's a, a comfort level. 
And I think oftentimes when you feel that you know the business that you are going to be buying from, whether it's a, a dog groomer and you know that person or your hairstylist, I mean, think about that. How many people are so loyal to their hairstylist, even if their stylist doesn't do a great job anymore? It's that personal connection. You have let them into your life and they've let you into theirs. And that connection is what fosters this business relationship that you have with them. And so if you're a small business owner, think about that. Think about ways in which you can develop this rapport with your clients. Let them know who you are, what it is that you're about. Why did you start your business in the first place? What, you know, what obstacles and challenges do you share that they share as well? I think that if you take a, a, a really hard look at what you're doing with your marketing efforts and you think about how this, this pandemic has changed you as a consumer, because all business owners are also consumers. So how has this changed you as a consumer and what can you do to accommodate those changes that your customers and clients might be experiencing as a result of COVID? And I think that, that you will see that you can absolutely shift the way that you're marketing. You know, maybe, maybe you call Nico and see if he can help you, or, or maybe you just do something on your own and you change it up a bit. But again, being static, especially at a time like this, not going to help you. And the pandemic has arguably changed the way businesses need to approach their, their, their field, not just temporarily, but forever. And so I think that, you know, if you're serious about succeeding and you're serious about growing your business, you've got to be serious about marketing and serious about looking at different ways to bring your customer in, to let your customer get to know you, to feel like they're part of your family, and then you're going to have loyal customers and clients for life. All right, well, that's going to do it for today's show. I hope you enjoyed this. This is our first interview of season eight. I think it was a good start. And I want to remind you to make sure that you tune in next Tuesday. Our shows are going to be Tuesdays and Thursdays this season. And uh, I want you to you know, make sure that you share this information with your family, your friends, and your colleagues, and let them know about UTL Radio. Let them know that uh, there is such a podcast out there that does things slightly differently. It has a different approach, not just your, your standard entrepreneurial or motivational podcast. So uh, I appreciate you listening and tuning in and subscribing and make sure that you share it with others. All right, well, that's going to do it for today. Thanks for joining me and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Understanding the Law Radio. Make sure you follow Peter on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook and stay tuned for future episodes.